0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Will and Rob Show. It is great to be back with you all. My name is Robert. I'm a ministry associate with Ministry of State. Here with me, as always, is my very good friend, Will Stockdale, also a ministry associate at Ministry of State. He just cheersed his coffee to me. Um, it has been a, a great week. Uh, we are now out, out of Thanksgiving. We are entering Advent season, just a great and glorious time of the year. Um, I know that Will and I are going to get to some really fun Christmas stuff uh, here in a bit, but first, Will, as always, how are you doing? How's life?
1: Man, uh, how is life? Life is is going fine. It is the Christmas season. I was home in Texas. Got to see my family and some friends over. Thanksgiving. Uh, my mom, this was the first time in 63, mom, 63. I hope she's okay with that being said. She's a wonderful 63. Uh, it's her first time of her life where she got to make the turkey. And the reason for that is my grandmother is 90 and every other Thanksgiving, she had made the turkey. That was her thing. And so now uh, my mom finally got to make it. She did a really, really good job.
0: It That's was, awesome. Shout fantastic. out Mama Stockdale.
1: Yeah, she killed it. And then we had a uh, Stuff We had pretty much everything but cranberry sauce. Uh, that was not had, but I'm, I'm not a big cranberry sauce guy. Me neither. Me neither. And I have been polling people, asking them what their favorite Thanksgiving food is. And it has far and away been stuffing. That has been the number one. So we talked about food last week. This week, just to circle back, it seems that... I don't know what that means. We need some psychoanalyst to get in here and tell us what it means to love stuffing so much. But that is... The just landslide, it's a Reagan victory, uh, <laughs> Reagan type victory.
0: That's awesome. I know that I have been eating turkey for like a week straight now. Like, I how have how many had, pounds is your turkey? Oh, I don't even know, I, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't even uh step foot in the kitchen, not because I'm like a uh a, a misogynist or anything like that. I just am, I'm helpless in the kitchen if I if I was in there during Thanksgiving dinner, it would be a complete disaster. I can barely do like toast. So me around a turkey would be a really bad thing. My wife made an amazing turkey uh, though. We went, to some, we went to some friends for a small, small, social distanced gathering uh, Thanksgiving dinner with some friends. Uh, and then we had our own little mini Thanksgiving the day after as well. Um, so we just had all these leftovers from the first Thanksgiving dinner. Then we made our own turkey. So I've just been eating thanks like Thanksgiving turkey for like the last week and a half. Uh, we had turkey pot pie, we had turkey sandwiches. Dude, we had turkey pot pie. That's I know clutch. very good. So yeah, uh, just great thanksgiving i was I was so um, thankful for so much this year, even in the middle of a of, uh, just a crazy year of ministry, um, the pandemic, the uh, election, all kinds of stuff so. Uh, and now we get to move into definitely my favorite part of the year, which is Christmas season. W- uh, Will, what is your policy on when can you start listening to Christmas music and being in Christmas mode? This year
1: certainly seemed to be that there could be an exception to the rule that I'm about to state. But I mean, it's, it's kind of like unexciting in that I think that waiting until after Thanksgiving is appropriate. I think that's totally fine. Um, People shouldn't throw such a fit if they need to wait. Uh, but I think that it's good. I think that you know, celebrating Christmas for a whole month is a long time. Uh, so I would, I would advocate for and advise younger people to wait till after Thanksgiving to start playing the music. That being said, should they decide that they would like to play before, that's okay. I just don't want to hear it on the radio. Let, let me put it that way.
0: That's fair. Yeah, the Hassler family tradition is the Friday after Thanksgiving is christmas decoration day yes so we get into our comfies uh i i had a very dad outfit going on on the, that friday you know g- you know jeans a crew neck crew neck sweater um backwards hat putting on the christmas lights on the bushes you know getting down the christmas tree all that good stuff uh that's when we started listening to christmas music that's when we put up all the decorations. Um. I get the wanting to like listen to Christmas music as soon as possible, but I think that there's something about doing Thanksgiving, getting all of that in and then moving on to Christmas season. It also flows nicely because I, uh, this, this past Sunday was the beginning of Advent. And so you could kind of get started then Um, it didn't feel too early or anything like that. Um, There's so much to talk about when it comes to Advent. It's obviously a very big deal. Um, for the church, uh, for so many Christians, not just here, but around the world, kind of an interesting beginning to Advent. Uh, what are some of the, I know you, you've been kind of following some of the, the trends. Um, and I I think I'd agree, but for our listeners, what's something that you've noticed, um, about the way that people are talking about Advent this year?
1: Well, I, have certainly noticed since I graduated college in 2012, way back when, that there has been an increase in celebration and appreciating Advent, not just Christmas season, but Advent among Christians. So Advent itself, I think has been growing. So I think with that come um, just, there's going to be always something new, some kind of phenomenon that is, that is going to be different from the year before, simply because it seems that at least in America, uh, Advent is becoming more and more acknowledged by people, probably goes in hand in hand with the uh, greater emphasis on liturgy and church calendar. Obviously those, this is all what it's uh, connected to, but this year, and, and I had to ask you about this, you know, and I'll ask you again, like, it seems that there's a lot of uh, waiting and aching involved in this Advent that the, uh, the Fleming Rutledge, the great Episcopalian scholar, uh, theologian, as the quote, "Advent starts in the dark" or "Advent begins in the dark," and it's a beautiful quote. Um, but that darkness seems to want to be extended all the way to Christmas Day. A lot of people, the way they're describing it, I've seen some articles on the Gospel Coalition, um, talking about what Advent is and what Advent means to them. And it's it's, gosh, it's like listening to a My Chemical Romance album. <laughs> <laughs> very ang- angst.
0: Very angsty teen angsty.
1: Yes, a lot of angst going on. Um, so I, I have my own thoughts on on Advent and what it means to celebrate. And kind of like with the Christmas music, there is not one way in particular to celebrate it. But uh, as we continue talking, I think, you know, to flesh out the, the importance and understand like, hey, how we tell people they ought to celebrate Advent, we should maybe be a little cautious on advising people that, hey, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. And there seems to be, you have to do it in the way of, Aching and longing and sadness and gloom seems to be the, the advocation of the 2020 celebration of Advent.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's right. It, it's very, very interesting. I think that, you know, going back to that quote that you, you brought up, um, Advent begins in the dark, I, I think that that's really true. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom there. But I also think that the story of Advent is, is the increasing of light right like the you light more candles each week it the light grows um as we get closer to christmas and so um i i'm just sort of not blown away it's not right really the right way to say it but just sort of surprised that um in such a hard year as we've had uh as 2020 has been that you know we're finally getting to a, a point in the year where there's just a lot of excitement. It's, it's, you know, people want to be happy and joyful and, and there's sort of this like, now, now, like calm down. We're going to, we're going to go back to somber. And, and I, I I think that just the way that 2020 has gone, I mean, we need things to celebrate. We need things to be happy about and joyful. And I, I I don't know if that's the approach that I would have taken as some of these guys have gone.
1: You know, to, to um, take the arguments and the articles in good faith and to be charitable. It seems that the effort being made by people to talk about the weight and the aching, the longing, the gloom of Advent is an attempt at resonance. So it seems that the year of the year of 2020 has been full of stat and it has, Oh my gosh, this is the hardest year any of us can remember. I mean, at least in the world. And so um with that has come a lot of difficulty and death and loss of income and jobs and separation from people. So so that is all in play. And so in some sense, it seems to make sense that we want to resonate that by saying, hey, we have a whole season dedicated to that that feeling, that uh, waiting. However, I, I think uh, in an effort to be resonant can result in being repressive to Mm. what people really want right now. And not even what people really want, but maybe what some people need and maybe what scripture is begging from us. Like you said, it does grow from darkness to light. And um, there's a reason kids are so giddy. And the reason that James isn't going to be able to, your boy James isn't going to be able to sleep in a few weeks is because he's so excited about something that is coming. And so while, you know, we can say, Hey, that's, yeah, I get that. Let's, Let's also leave room and encourage people to be excited. I remember um, Stanley Hauerwas was at SMU, uh, SMU uh, seminary there, and he was giving a talk. And this one woman stood up and said, Dr. Hauerwas in a world as divided as vitriolic, as caustic, politically divided, culturally divided as ours. What is a Christian to do? What is your advice to the believer? And his answer was to have joy. He said, "If you want to be a light to the world, read all the political th- theology you want. Be as be as relevant as you can. But what is going to attract people is the joy of Christ. And joy is not flippant. It's not glib. It doesn't it doesn't gloss over things. It pays attention. And I think that um, that is a much needed um, uh, remedy, perhaps of <clears throat> and, and Advent is the season of joy." The lights, the colors, the ribbons, the 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 tinsel, the, you know, the packages, the, it's all, it's all, you know, um, you can, you can blame it at commercialism, but there is certainly something to its intention to glisten and shine and to uh, get people excited.
0: For sure. No, I think that's totally right. And it, it kind of goes to the, my other question, which is like, if it's not necessarily serving the... Um, the average person in the pew. I mean, who is this sort of uh, somber, somber-minded Advent? Who who is it serving? Who who does want that right now?
1: Well, I think, again, I and and to be charitable here and to understand it, I think there's a degree that there are a lot of people who need that right now who do need. Um, to have a season where they 're like yes uh, the the world was eagerly waiting for the Messiah that they were under the heel of an oppressive, oppressive regime they were waiting for God to come and deliver them they're, you know <clears throat> so there there is definitely a sense in which a lot of people do feel that i on another side, there is a sense in why I think that it 's kind of an uh, intellectual elitism that is there in that, um, like when I was reading this stuff, I was thinking about Cormac McCarthy. He was one of my, I love Cormac. I think he is maybe the greatest living American author. Uh, I think his prose is gorgeous and genius, but I have to be careful reading him because he's dark. He's a dark writer and he can be kind of discouraging and a little depressing if I'm not careful. And I think that, uh, there's a way in which that's attractive and like, um, An intellectual sense where like we like reading this heavy dark kind of a resplendent dark and ebony type darkness um but it can also uh um it can also lead to kind of a uh a depression for for a lot of people i know for example like my dad doesn't like reading Cormac mccarthy nearly as much it just it just hits him differently there are just different books that hit people differently and so for some people uh they can enjoy and almost get a joy out of the darkness because there is this this gleam to it but using a lot of g words i've noticed on this <laughs> podcast but uh, definitely a gleam but yeah i, I think it, there's not just needs to be an understanding that for some people the weight of the darkness um, is all they feel and it would be a good thing to help lift people out of that and shift our eyes towards something brighter and lighter
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think also it has something to do with sort of the trendy, the trendiness of that darkness, or not dark, like that that sort of theme that you're getting at. Because I even see it in something as sort of unconnected as, I mean, look at our prestige television shows. I mean, right, like uh, a lot of the ones that get a lot of notoriety recognition right now, uh, or in the last few years, House of Cards uh Homecoming, Mr. Robot. I mean, these are like they're not just dark shows in terms of the characters and the plot, but like the visually they're dark, right? Like that's that's sort of the the trendy thing to be. We don't make a lot of colorful television shows. We kind of associate those with like cheesy Hallmark movies and you know that kind of stuff. And I, I do think that there is that, that that plays into what you're talking about with sort of that intellectual elitism. Um, and I, I I think that you're right. I think what you said was very, very true, and we shouldn't just sort of skirt over it. Which is that there are a lot of people who that message does resonate with them because of how hard 2020 has been, and that that needs to be said because um, we need to love and care and, and pastor those folks too. Um, I also think though that um, we can sort of we can sort of dive into this almost uh, mental or uh, intellectual, almost asceticism where everything has to be about the the harsh and harshness and the oppressiveness and all these kind of things. And I, I think we do miss out on a lot of the joy uh, and the happiness that comes with being in Christ and being, you know, joined with our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially during a special season as Advent, um, which is so it, unlike Thanksgiving, which is such an American holiday. You know Advent really is this holiday that you know is, is being celebrated by Christians all over the world it It really is this this unifying and this wonderful uh, event christmas is it can be such a joyful time and it should be such a joyful time this year um, and go i ahead. I want to
1: say one more thing about to bring literature back into it. It's kind of like um reading Dostoevsky without redemption, and so even in like his Dar- and he's one of my, my favorite authors, maybe probably my favorite author of all time. And even when reading like um, the under- notes from the underground and uh, reading about the underground man, he is um, a pretty vile character. And the problem is that he's incredibly human. And there are certain things he does that are incredibly relatable. And you kind of have two options when reading that book. You can either read it and be like, oh, that is so me. Woe is me. I'm just going to kind of sit here. Or you can read that and be like, how do I not turn into that? kind of person and so in looking at the darkness and seeing you know advent does begin in the dark it's like well okay so what do we do if 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 there is darkness here i can either wallow in it or i can run and again this is caveating majorly with people who are suffering and in pain i think one thing that i that i would want to say is that i think oftentimes um when we are weaker or more immature. uh, the darkness can be very seductive, and can be very selfish. And I'm speaking from experience here, where I have found myself um, just kind of left wallowing in my own, you know, darkness. And it, because there's something like almost quasi romantic about it. And uh, so, all that to say, you know, there are different options we have here when we look at it. And to remember that if there is darkness there, that I heard someone say, you know, darkness, we don't need it explained to us. And we also don't need light explained to us. We just, we, we know what it is. Um, and we, the light is is where we move. So um, yeah, that, that, I think that's
0: what I would say about Advent. Well said. At least for right
1: now, because we've got a couple more weeks to talk about Advent and we can, you know.
0: No, I think that's all well said. I, I think you're totally right. I, I think it's very helpful too, as we sort of begin the Advent season. Um, to be mindful of, of what we're uh, intaking. I know that uh, we posted over at Ministry of State, we posted a couple of different Advent devotionals for folks, and I know that's, those are really popular. I've got one coming in that I'm excited for, uh, that Paul David Tripp did, that I'm excited to, to do this Advent season. And um, yeah, I think it's just helpful as we go into this time to be mindful of what we're intaking and, and how we're perceiving uh, the the things that we're doing because they, they do have an imprint. They do leave an imprint on us. But another fun Christmas thing uh, that I'm very excited for that I, I get excited for every year is Christmas movies. Um, I know that Christmas movies can be a very contentious subject. People have very hard opinions about what is and what is not a good Christmas movie. Um, I know that there's also strong opinions about what movies you have and haven't seen last year. I was shamed by my wife because I had not seen home alone. Um, How did you, how did you do that? See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know. I just never got around to seeing it. I'm, I'm a very anti watch a movie for the first time on cable kind of guy. And so I feel like I would always, guys
1: are those kinds of guys?
0: Yeah, you know, like, are, you, are there more of you out there? Are you the yeah? Well, like, don't I don't. My, I like watching movies on cable, but I don't like watching movies I've, I'm seeing. I'm watching for the first time on cable, because I always feel like I'm missing something. There's commercials, you know. They like, they cut the movie, you know, by certain parts, and so it was one of the things I missed growing up as a kid. I don't know why we just didn't have it. My I guess my parents weren't really into it, so I never saw it as a kid, and so the only other opportunity I had to see it was on cable, and I never was. Like, oh, I'll sit down and watch Home Alone on, on FX or something. or on. Have you watched it now? Yeah, I saw it for the first time last year. It's the first time I've seen it. I have to be completely honest. I don't quite get the appeal of it, but maybe that's because I'm an adult seeing it for the first time and not as a kid seeing it for the first time. I think that has a lot to do with it. And I'm maybe, aghast. Maybe I this is, am aghast. Maybe this is also just a product of culture, like the, the differences between like, what is it 19 is it a 90s or an 80s movie 90s uh maybe the the difference in like the culture between the 90s and now it's like they treat that child so horribly like as a family that i'm kind of out early on because i'm like i don't know how you're going to be able to credibly show that you like care for this kid after you leave him because no anyone who treated a a a kid like that in today's society even back then i mean that'd be pretty awful
1: yeah that was like during the height of the self-esteem movement
0: so uh i mean if you were
1: living with uncle frank i think you'd be pretty put out too though that's (laughs) i mean you got to take that into consideration okay so you watched home alone for the first time you got to see home alone too great great cinema uh our president sitting i was gonna say i heard
0: there's a cameo by our president in it classic cameo
1: i mean he says it's the best cameo that's ever been cameoed (laughs) so you need to watch home alone too but in addition to this we need that we need to talk about what some have called by some i mean mr robert hassler the mount rushmore of christmas films so now uh I don't know if you want to start with Roosevelt, if you want to end with Washington. I don't. I don't know. You know how you're doing one to four, but yeah, I would like to know what you think are the top four, and I will provide some reasonable, highly
0: credible pushback to your error. Okay. I okay. Ooh, this is going to be tough because I I wasn't planning on ranking them. Although I do think that there's a clear number one. So I take take two, three, four as sort of they're all around there. Okay. Um, but. Number one is number one. Okay. I think that if we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of Christmas films, I think you have to include It's a Wonderful Life. That was actually the only classic film I'm going to throw on there. Um, A lot of people want to put Miracle on 34th Street in there, and I'm kind of eh on that film. That also is, to me, is very much more a Thanksgiving movie. And I don't know why. Maybe because it has to do with the Macy's Day Parade and and Santa Claus at the the end of the Macy's Day Parade. But I I consider that a Thanksgiving film.
1: Like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, So I think It's a Wonderful Life makes it because it is a classic film and we need to have one of those represented uh, on there.
1: So this is not like a genuine, this is kind of a, a guilt offering here. You're not really, you don't actually think it's one of the top four. You're just saying that you feel
0: obliged. I feel obliged because I always do want to watch it during Christmas season. So it's not one of those like movies that I feel obliged to put it on because other people like, even though I don't personally like it, I do like it. And I do watch it every year. It's a, it's an important Christmas film. That's why I'm saying Gates on Cause it's an important Christmas film. Not that it's the most, uh, Uh, pleasurable movie to watch. That's what I would say. Um, That's controversial. Who knows? Uh, But then the the next two, I think, are two of my personal favorites that I do enjoy watching every year. Uh, The next one is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which version? The old one, of course. Not the Jim Carrey version. The classic version. Huh. I don't like the Jim Carrey version. I like the, the classic animated version. Number two... I would say is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the uh, stop animation, or what what is it? The the puppet version. And we can get back into that in a second. But objectively, the best Christmas movie is Charlie Brown Christmas. And I'll say it right. Charlie
1: Brown is number one. Charlie Brown number number one.
0: Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer number two. How the Grinch Stole Christmas number three. It's a Wonderful Life number four. That's my Mount Rushmore of Christmas films. I mean, do you have anything from the last 60 years
1: on that list?
0: I would say elf gets an, an honorable mention. I, I do love that film and it has so uh, invaded the, the national discourse around Christmas. Like I say son of a nutcracker 365. So I think that's an honorable mention, but yeah, that's about, that's my, that's my Christmas list. I, I think that there's a lot of Christmas movies out there that are pretty average, even though people talk them up. Is that a hot take? No, I think you're right. I mean, I think a Christmas
1: story sucks. Ooh, I mean, you're I, anti-Christmas story. Big time. I didn't get it. I didn't all. get it. It was just a montage with a bunch of little scene like vignettes. There was no like any it wasn't a great movie.
0: Do you um, want to know do you want to know an interesting fun fact? Always. The director of Christmas story is a Hillsdale college alum. What's Hillsdale? Hey, get out of here. That's my alma mater. <laughs> you son of a nutcracker. So our most famous okay, alum. That's, that's pretty cool. Isn't that that's pretty, pretty cool? cool? Yeah. All right. So I am interested in knowing, Will. what are, what are your top four Christmas movies? So, yeah, I'm going to go a little, I mean, from
1: a very different angle, I, I think in, in some ways, uh, I would say number four
0: for me is Jingle All the Way. Uh, Admission mode right now. I've never seen it. I don't even know what it is. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you an actor in it. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Is this the one where he has to, is this the one where he has to get the toy? Yes. Okay. I've seen scenes of it.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic cinema. Great directorship, acting, par excellence. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, breathtaking
0: a testimony to uh, american capitalism if i'm not incorrect in its own way
1: in its own way <laughs> uh and then i would say number three is the santa claus
0: see my Ooh. wife loves the santa claus films An- a- another group of films i think are kind of mediocre
1: oh gosh well th- the sequels are terrible but the-, the the santa claus itself is a is brilliant just absolutely uh wonderful world creation um legally speaking it's airtight uh in the contract that was agreed upon the clause because of that movie i did not know how to spell santa claus for the longest time if clause was with or without an e uh, (laughs) deeply confused um i would say and then number two uh there's, you know, there's a classic, ah, gosh, The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant is actually a pretty good movie. That's that's an enjoyable one. Um, you know, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say You've Got Mail. Uh, You've Got Mail. It, it kind of centers around Christmas at one point. I can't is, do that.
0: Is know. this that's like funny. one of those movies that you're saying is a Christmas movie, even though it's not really a Christmas movie? Kind of like Die Hard. Yeah, gonna, so
1: I, I'll, ooh, well. No, no.
0: I did okay. type in I did type in Christmas movies into my YouTube TV video on demand the other day, and one of the first movies that popped up was Die Hard, and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like a thing now. That used to be like a meme that people were like, Oh yeah, Die Hard, it's a Christmas movie. And I was like, Yeah, but like sets it's set at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas movie. And now like it's like known regular like popularly that it's a Christmas movie. Okay, I don't know about so I'm that. I'm
1: gonna say number two for me is Christmas Vacation. Oh
0: gosh, I am so bad. Another film I've not seen. I actually got shamed. Are you for this. kidding me? I've, got, I've I've actually been shamed for this at my Thanksgiving dinner that I was at. I got shamed for not seeing Christmas Vacation.
1: Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's it's absolutely hilarious. People is, who don't. This is Chevy to-
0: Chase, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, the number one is It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, it, it is the most beautiful, truly. I cried the whole time last time I watched it. I just loved it, and
0: it is a great movie. It is undoubtedly number one. What do you think about them doing a remake of It's a Wonderful Life with Pete Davidson? Have you heard about this? Why? Is that real? That's a real thing. I'll send it to you. Oh, dear. Yeah, dude. That is so interesting. So you are not one of the... Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. I put on a Twitter poll today to see if people agreed with me about Charlie Brown Christmas because I had brought this up at a with a group of friends like last Christmas, that Charlie Brown was the greatest Christmas movie ever made, that it was at least a top five Christmas film. And a bunch of people disagreed, not just with the contention that it's the greatest, which I'm okay if you want to contend with me on that. You're wrong, but that's fine. Um, but they mostly said it wasn't even a top five Christmas movie and that you didn't include it on, its, on your Mount, Mount Rushmore leads me to suspect that you are... One of the 20% of those who voted in my poll that says it's not one. I'll admit it. Yeah, I did that. <gasps> what is it about oh, yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas you don't like? Well, much like you, I've never seen it. You've never seen Charlie Brown Christmas?
1: Oh, get <laughs> off it. Get off it. Come on. After all the movies you haven't seen. Here's what I've missed. It, it, I'll say this. Honorable mention, um, A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. The CGI animated one is – I mean. It's awesome.
0: It's. I need it's to see classes. that one. I've heard a lot of good things. Isn't Adam. Is that also Adam Sandler? No, it's a different thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I sound stupid. Um, yes. I know what you're talking about. It's almost like video game animation, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I have wanted to see that. We just watched for the first time with my son the other day, the Mickey mouse version of Christmas Carol. Um, because my son is really into Mickey mouse and I have scary. to, it is kind of <laughs> scary. Pete is like, as the ghost of Christmas future. Um, yeah, not very fun, but not he made it through. Fun. He liked it. So I, I, he is, I would recommend it. I'm trying to think if there was any other Christmas films I wanted to bring up, um, any other honorable mentions, but I can't, I can't think of any right now. I know that there's a lot of hot takes on the little drummer boy. Especially as a as a Christian film, I mean, what do you what do you think about that?
1: I think I may have seen parts of that.
0: Are you are you not a big fan of all of like the puppet Christmas movies, like Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Because those were that's like my childhood. When I think of growing up in the Hassler family around Christmas time, it was watching those like puppet version of the Christmas movies.
1: My parents wanted to instill a strong sense of autonomy and freedom and not that I was grown up to be teased around on strings.
0: (laughs) What are you trying to say?
1: I'm saying that subconsciously they were trying to. That's fair.
0: That's fair. This, see, this is reveals what my, my bigger point is that Christmas movies, uh, there are some very hard opinions about what makes and breaks a Christmas movie. What makes one good and what makes, doesn't make one good i'm excited to i I love to pull people about their favorite christmas movies i'm very looking for i'm very much looking forward to finding out more uh hopefully some of our uh listeners will tweet at us send in their favorite films i'd like to know what they they are or if we miss something i mean can you think of it did we miss anything
1: we would never miss anything but there is a chance that we didn't address something
0: for sure that that's fair. That's probably right. That's fair. Totally fair. So I think
1: uh, we should ask um hey, you know, uh leave us a review like us on Twitter or Facebook and Facebook and follow us and uh tweet at us your top 4 favorite Christmas movies.
0: I like that. Well, well this has been awesome. I'm sure we'll be do, we'll do some more of this as we go into the Christmas season. Um, I know we do want to at some point do want to take a, a short Christmas break, but uh, until then Uh, thank you so much for listening to the will and rob show as always you can check us on check us out on twitter send us those dms of your favorite christmas movies at rd hassler and stockdale will make sure to follow ministry to state we just posted um the first of uh very many advent devotionals that are great and we also linked to some others that we would encourage you all to check out uh if you're interested in getting a devotional for the advent season make sure to leave us a review uh and we will see you guys again next week